In a world full of boring stories, bad videos, and marketing misinformation, one very tall man with a weird last name will use his microphone. This thing on? Use his video marketing knowledge. It's the red button, right? And use his friends. Please be on the show. To change that. You are listening to The Garlic Marketing Show with Ian. What? No, that's how you pronounce it. Well, if you say so, your host, Ian Garlic. The best marketers sell with story, and the best storyteller wins the customer. And the best stories are your customer stories. I'm going to give you the planner to create the perfect video case story for your business, just like we've done with all of our clients here at Authentic Web. Just go to eingarlic.com slash plan or click on the podcast image to get to the show notes and there'll be a link. There you can download the perfect video case study planner the same one we use at Authentic Web to create incredible dynamic video case stories and video case story interviews. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show. I am Garlic and another very, very special guest. I mean, this guy's awesome. He's a friend, but I mean, he's worked with directly with Tony Robbins as CEO of a joint venture with him and Chet Holmes. Um, started a and sold an eight-figure software company. Um, it's advisor to CEOs, and I know not only does he do amazing work from just from reading about him and hearing about him, but our guest today, I, we've worked directly with some of his clients, and he's helped them create seven-figure businesses from scratch. Mitch Russo, thanks so much for being on the show. I am so great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, yeah, it's awesome to talk to you. Uh, Mitch and I met a, a few months ago at our friend Jay Fitzett's event. And, man, Mitch, is, I, I've, I watched him help people with their businesses. You're, you're so, you know, sharp and can identify people's business problems. Um, you know, but how did you, how did you get started doing all this? You, you were in a rock band? That's what you are talking about before? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, look, let's, let's, let's go back to the beginning here. I mean... I'm a, I'm a skinny little kid, you know, in high school. Uh, frankly, I had just two friends. That was my best friend, Jay, and one, one other guy who was a friend, Doug. And, you know, there were these kind of good-looking uh, guys on the football team and played, in, you know, baseball and stuff, and they were getting all the girls. I wasn't getting any girls at all. So I figured, being shy, how would I attract girls? I said, well, they seem to like music, maybe even rock, why don't I start a rock band? So the entire purpose of me starting a rock band was to, to get a date. So we already know from the beginning that my intentions were, were not artistic. <laughs> uh, so, so I did. And, and basically I got four, three uh, other guys, sometimes a fourth guy. <clears throat> and we went down to my basement on the weekends every Saturday. And we would practice. And we would practice. And, oh, man, we had... So much fun, but you know, the problem was is that we were getting high, and so we would <laughs> smoke a joint before playing, and it sounded to us it sounded great. One day I turned on the tape recorder, and uh, I recorded one of our jam sessions, and afterwards I played it back, and and everyone was in the room. The four of us were together, and I said, "Oh my God, this sucks!" <laughs> and they all started laughing. They said, "Yeah, it sure does." I said, well, you know, we'll never, ever get uh, a gig if we play like this. we got to find a way to really pull it together. And everyone's going, yeah, yeah. I said, all right, tell you what. <clears throat> Why don't we decide that we're never going to get high before band practice or before a gig if we should ever get one? And we agreed. So we said, okay, no getting high. So what started to evolve at this point was I started to put together what I would call the rules of building a great rock band. And I'll tell you what ended up happening. We did stop getting high. We met every Saturday. We polished a list of 10 to 12 song covers. You know, we basically played Jimi Hendrix or Cream or, um, you know, uh, any of those bands of that era 10 years after. And then we would just play them in public uh, and we would get them note perfect. So we would practice and practice until they were perfect. And then 
we got our first job. And it was funny. The name of the band was Absolutely Free, which was a bit of a dilemma when moms would call up to book us for Sweet Sixteens and say, well, well, we're really glad that we found you because we really didn't want to pay for a band anyway. I said, oh, oh no, no, no. That's only the name of the band, not the price. <laughs> so... So anyway, so we decided that we were going to charge $50 to play a gig. And we played the first gig, and it was okay. We did all right. Um, but then we went back and we practiced some more. And, you know, what we discovered back then is that you can't really have a crappy song in your portfolio, in your repertoire, in your playlist. you got to get it right. So we practiced and practiced and we got them right. And we had these 12 songs. And then <clears throat> at that point, we went out to the next gig and we charged $75. And people liked it. And it was really, really good. But they asked if we could play some dance music. We were still playing hard rock at the time. So we went back to practice some more. We, we tried to practice some dance music, but we didn't do it very well. I don't think we liked it very much. <laughs> uh, so we, we didn't do it very well. Uh, and, but yet we did try and we did play a little dance music and I don't think it sounded that good. So we just went back to playing classic rock. And then the fourth and the fifth gig and the price went up from 75 to 125 to $200 a night. And then eventually uh, at around 200, 250, I got the idea that I should probably ask moms if they wouldn't mind writing a little bit of a note saying how good we were and how much, you know, they enjoyed having us there and all that. So we would carry a clipboard and pencils and we would get a little written testimonial from every mom, you know, and and so now we're charging about three hundred dollars a night. And we had our testimonials uh, at this point. Um, we were about to play Battle of the Bands. So what we did is we put up a flyer in the local supermarket and a bunch of people showed up to battle of the bands to hear us play. And we came in second place, but still we played. And then we used the same idea. Why don't we, um, next time we have a gig, why don't we actually send a letter to the local newspaper and what the heck, see if they'll publish it. So, and just amazingly, they, they published it word for word. So, <laughs> I mean, it was just crazy. So finally at that point, you know, we started charging more and more. We got to $500, 500 a night. Now I want to remind you, this is 1970. Do you know how much 500 us dollars was worth in, in 1970 compared to today? I mean, it was like $2,000 gig. Yeah. I mean, it was a lot of money. I mean, people were buying cars for $500, but we were able to charge that as teenagers. So years later, as I went forward and I started my software company, I had remembered that much of what I was doing were the lessons that I learned building my band. So I decided to write them down, and I have them in a blog post called Rock Band CEO. And I'll tell you what they are. Lesson number one is to be disciplined with yourself and your team, even if they don't like it. In the end, it will pay off big, and the team will respect you for it. And that's when I told the band no getting high. That was lesson, <laughs> lesson two, don't deliver a substandard product. That's when I said we got to practice and practice hard until we get it right. Lesson three was, and I'm going to quote a famous American philosopher who you know. You ready? Mm -hmm. We do chicken right. <laughs> famous American philosopher, Colonel Sanders. Yes. What did he mean by we do chicken right? Ian, what did he mean? I, I know what he meant. He meant do one thing and do it really well. Exactly. That's why we couldn't play dance music because it sucked. We yeah. could only play. We really only wanted to play classic rock. So lesson four was honestly assess your true worth and begin price experiments to find your ideal price. Well, that's what we did. We tested, price tested and price tested until we got to five hundred dollars a night. Lesson six was spread the word. And and here again, you know, we discovered by accident that putting up flyers and sending out notices to the local paper would actually get us jobs. It was amazing. And then finally, the last lesson and the best lesson of all was have fun. And we did. We loved playing in public. We loved how people responded when we would start playing. And we had a great time. And you know, all of those lessons are the same basic lessons 
I use to build every single business I've built in the last 40 years. Those are great lessons. And it's funny because I literally was on the phone with another entrepreneur friend of mine. Uh, I won't call him out, but, um, you know, he was talking about, um, you know, he's, he's about to hit the seven figure mark and, you know, and he's like, oh, I'm going to build this product and this product and this product. And I'm like, don't do that. Cause that's my mistake too, is to trying to do too many other things instead of focusing on one and then price testing it and selling it really well. That's awesome. That's great advice. Um, so, you know, you, you know, at the end of this, we're going to get into it because you have this awesome accountability software I want to talk about um, and some accountability hacks because I think, you know, in growing your business, accountability is it's huge and be, improving yourself. Accountability is huge. How how did you use accountability back then and, and throughout all of your other businesses? Sure. So when I when I got um, I got into college and um I, I didn't do well in college. Um, in fact, I dropped out. And I, I want to tell you that I'm very proud of the fact that I've dropped out of some of the finest schools in this country. So, <laughs> uh, I just want you to know that I'm serious about this. I like to drop out of great schools. So what happened basically to me is that I went and got a job. And I moonlighted at night. I was a programmer back then. And eventually, I realized that I was under the control of another person who I worked for. And he tried to screw me out of commissions at the time. I was a salesman and I was, I vowed that I would build my own company at that point. I wasn't going to let anybody else control me ever again. And, and so even though I wanted to start my own company and I had an idea for several, several ideas for products and things like that, I didn't know where to begin. And another buddy of mine came to me and said, Hey, uh, you know, I'm starting my company too. Why don't we meet every Thursday night at Bertucci's and we can sit down, have dinner and just basically make sure that we're both really doing it instead of just talking about it. And I said, yeah, well, that's a great idea. So here we were, we started meeting every, every Thursday night and we, we get together and I would say to him, so what did you do this week? Uh, and then, and I would write this stuff down. So I would go back the following week and say, yeah, last week you said you were going to do this. Did you do it? And he go, yeah, I kind of didn't. I said, now, come on now. You know we're never going to get our businesses off the ground. We got to do what we promise each other we're going to do. And that became how I really discovered the value of having an accountability partnership with another person. And, and of course, you know, even though we were good friends, eventually we didn't really do it as much as we should. But the time that we did do it, it was great. It got us both started. And I realized the reason it didn't hold together is we didn't have structure. So knowing that, having that lesson early on in life, as I built my software company and grew it, and it was an incredible ride doing that, and I loved my partner, and my partner and I to this day are still best friends, uh, it turns out that... Um, uh, I ended up, uh, at that point, after selling my company, I ended up uh, working with Chet Holmes and Tony Robbins, and together we built Business Breakthroughs International. Now, Chet and I met while I was building Timeslips Corporation, and he was a pesky sales guy. He just would not give up until finally I basically bought from him, which was a great decision. It turned out to make a huge difference uh, in my company at the time. So Chet and I became friends at that point, and later he asked me if I could help him in his business, and I agreed to do that. Um, and while we, uh, then, then we invited Tony Robbins in, and the three of us together built this company. But reason I mention it is because one of the things that we did is we set up an accountability coaching division, and all we did is we would get some of our younger entry-level people to call our clients and ask them five questions of their choice once a week. And for that, we charged $1,800 a month. Wow. Now, yeah, I know, like a lot of money, right? Yeah. But they loved it, and they did it. And it, it worked. It kept them accountable. And our justification for the $1,800 is that you can't hire a secretary for $1,800 a month, and you'd never let a secretary keep you accountable anyway. So this is a perfect service for you, Mr. CEO. Yes. Yeah, that's well, awesome. 
Exactly, and it and it worked great, and we got a lot of people hold, holding holding a lot of people accountable. But then, unfortunately, as you probably know, Chet Holmes passed away, and um, when he did, it was my time to leave BBI, and I went off, and I wrote my book, The Invisible Organization, and at that point, I knew I knew what I needed. I knew I needed a, an accountability coach or accountability partnership to get me to where I wanted to go next. And I went to several wonderful places next. I experimented with my life and with clients, and I started taking on more and more clients again, and I was really enjoying it. But one of the things I did, Ian, and I don't know if this happened to you, but I bought courses, maybe more than a few, <laughs> over the course of the last five years. And here's a kind of a secret that I hate to admit. I didn't finish most of them. Yeah. And it made me a little sad. And in fact, it was only about a year and a half ago that I was tempted by another one of these huge launches where all these thousands of dollars worth of bonuses were going to come free if you bought the course. And I, I, I actually hesitated and I said, you know what? Why don't I not buy this course and why don't I finish one of the ones I already bought? So with that motivation, I went back to my spreadsheet and decided to pick a course that I wanted to finish. And I contacted the company to see if I can get back into the Facebook group that had been closed. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, can I, can you connect me with one other person in the course so I could work with them? And they had no way to do that. They didn't want to, whatever. And I said, okay, I understand what the problem is. And I had the idea that what would happen if there was a place where all of us, all of us entrepreneurs could go and like match.com find someone else who's also an entrepreneur, whether you're starting out or already in business, who has courses that they purchased but never finished, match them together, give them a structure, give them a calendar and a guidance system, rate them, make it a game, make it fun, and make them accountable. What would that what would happen if that happened? And and I had the idea, but it was just an idea. And look, we have ideas all the time. But this idea kept pestering me over and over again. And it started evolving in my brain. And it st started getting bigger and bigger until eventually I said, okay, um, I got to do something about this. And honestly, what happened next was nearly miraculous because um, when the... When you have the determination to do something, when you finally decide this is the thing that I'm going to do, if you're in the right mindset, then the universe will conspire to help you and get you to where you want to be. But you have to surrender yourself to the idea. And I did. I surrendered myself to this idea. And within two weeks, somebody from my past called me up and said, hey, um, you know, uh, we'd love to have you, uh, talk to our team. And I said, wait a minute. Um, don't you design software interfaces? He goes, Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I love doing that. I said, well, I have this idea for a product. Would you mind helping me? And within three weeks I had a full software interface designed and I helped him out and was loved, of course, reconnecting with my old friend. And then what happened in the next four weeks was equally amazing. I was chatting with somebody on Facebook and they posted something that changed my life. They basically said, look, we have this amazing development team that we've been working with, but we're done. And I would love to see somebody who really needs a great development team, get them. And wow. sure enough, I, I raised my hand and I said, uh, yeah, I would love to get a quote. So, I mean, so I took my interface design, which was absolutely gorgeous and I sent it off to these guys, and I had a number in my head. I said, okay, I mean, I'm willing to pay probably up to 10000 just to get this thing started. And if it's more than that, I may reconsider. And the guy came back, and it was far less than 10000 And I just said yes. And every day, every morning, I worked with these folks. They're in India. And every morning, I'd get on Skype at 6 a.m. or 6.15, and we would review the work of the day before. And it was like a ritual now. Every morning, except weekends, I'd get up, I'd go to my computer, even before my bulletproof coffee, 
and I would work with these guys. And it took a year, but we finally gave birth to an amazing product. And now that product is live. It's called business. It's called resultsbreakthrough.com. And anybody can go there and anybody can sign up. That's And I think that that, that accountability portion is really cool. I've seen inside the software. It's awesome. Um, and, and you have some really cool features in there, too. But his, you know, you've helped a lot of people. Tell me about some of the results that you've gotten from accountability besides your own. How, what are some of the results you've seen over the years through accountability partners? I, obviously not the software. The software is new. But just having an accountability partner in general. Well, I told you about my personal experience, and I still have an accountability partner to this day. And she and I work together every week. In fact, I spoke to her earlier today. But what I do with clients is, is and I work with clients at the same level, uh, I help them build out their vision and then keep them accountable to that vision. So, I mean, I'll give you an example. One of my clients, um, a man named Barry Gosen, uh, uh, happens to have built and sold several businesses himself, but was kind of lost. And when I started talking to him, I, I immediately latched on to what I thought was where I heard and felt like his passion was coming from. So I kept working with him, and, and I designed a two-dimensional model of what I heard coming through. Now, you've seen me do this, so you mm-hmm. know what I do. But for, for those who are listening, what I do is I go, I get on the phone with, uh, with, or Skype with a client, and I open up a window, and I use a mind map, and I start mapping their business ideas. And in a matter of 90 minutes or so, we have a fully formed scheme, a fully formed plan with all of the services, pricing, channels, marketing, dollars, everything mapped out in a very short period of time. And I did this with him and he, uh, he was blown away, became my client. And I worked with him to the point where he launched that business. Now he is attracting clients and it will soon be a seven figure business at the rate he's growing. And so this is the sort of stuff that accountability does. You know, yes, you need a plan. That's where, that's where I came in initially was to help him get that plan. But what also you need is you need someone dedicated to holding you to the results that you promise to get week after week. And that's another thing that I do. And, and now what he will do is he will, he, in fact, he's joined the results breakthrough network and I know he is searching right now for his accountability partner. We just got him on like in the last week. So when he finds his accountability partner, he is going to stay accountable by using the system. That's and it's a great system because, you know, I, I've had accountability partners before, and I think it, it's they're great to use, especially for entrepreneurs and marketing projects. That if you're doing them, you know, be, if you don't have a marketing team inside and someone leading up the marketing, it's so easy to get distracted. It's so easy as an entrepreneur to go in one direction or not, or and it's so easy to do stuff that's not, you know it seems urgent but not important. And, you know, having that accountability partner can do that for you um, because, you know, it, what's what's the alternative, right? As, exactly. And exactly. I know so many people listening to this that have said to me, oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this uh, marketing thing. And then it's always an excuse. There's always and it, yes, life gets in the way. But having that accountability partner is so critical. Um, well. Remember I told you I had built an accountability partnership coaching system at, 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 for Tony Robbins and Chad at BBI? Yep. Well, that's what I modeled this after. This is modeled after that, live paid sessions. So what we do instead is we eliminate the $1,800 a month expense and we pair you up to help each other keep accountable as opposed to hiring a coach to do it. So that saves you a lot of money, but at the same time, what you end up doing is building an amazing relationship with another human being who you care about. And here's the psychology behind it. Because you care about that person and you know that person cares about you, you are more inclined to stay accountable because you know that person is going to ask you your accountability questions that day. That's great. And, and so uh, tell, explain to me how the software works. So. Okay. Okay, it's it's very straightforward. It's you go inside and you open up the system, you 
create your profile just like you would on a dating site. And you fill out all the, all the little fields. And we have some nice features in there. If there's something sensitive you don't want anyone to know, you just click the private button and that information won't be shown. So you fill out your profile, step one. Step two, you select the programs, the, the training programs that you purchased or the ones that you're participating in now. And step three is you search, go to the search tool and search for your accountability partner. And you could specify all kinds of things to make sure that you're finding the right match. You can find someone, if you have a gender preference, you could do, choose that. If you want to work with someone in a specific niche or, or it doesn't matter, you could choose that. Uh, if you'd like to work with someone who has the same size business as yours, you could choose that too. And of course, you could choose somebody who's worked, who, who's basically in the same training program, who bought the same training program as you did as well. And once you execute the search, you're going to see a list of people. You, you start poking around those profiles, looking for somebody who you feel you resonate with. And if you do, you click the invite button. And when you click the invite button, that's when the magic starts. A little box pops up and gets you to commit to a accountability session date and time. And then it sends off emails to both of you. And if that other person accepts your invitation, and they could you know, suggest alternate times if they didn't like that one. But for the most part, once they accept your invitation, at that point, you show up in the software and live on the phone at the same time. And you click the go button and boom, you are in session. That seems pretty straightforward. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, accountability is so huge. But, you know, what are some of the tips that you've learned from keeping an accountability partner and using one to leverage it to grow your business and, you know, grow your marketing? Sure. So the most important thing about accountability is to prevent it from prevent your accountability sessions from degrading into commiseration sessions. <laughs> mm. you, know, you need to stay focused on the goals and objectives that you've set for yourself. And now inside of our software, we have a, basically, um, we collect your, your, your wins every week and we show them to you in graphs and charts. So we're going to show you week after week exactly how much progress you're making. And you could choose whatever it is you want to keep track of, whether it's sales dollars, store visitors, Facebook likes, you name it. Anything you want, you could choose. You get up to six particular metrics to choose from. Uh, and you then track that week after week. But the goal of accountability, and uh, this is a tip that, you, I mean, you can use my system, of course, or you don't have to. But here's what accountability questions sound like. And no, you don't need to be a coach to be an accountability partner to somebody else. You just need to basically ask these questions together. And it goes something like this. So, Mitch, did you, um, did you achieve your goals? Did you, did you, you said you were going to sell 91 of those widgets this week. Did you do that? So I could say yes. And if I say, yeah, I did then your answer is great. How many will you sell next week? You follow me so far? Yep. Okay. But what happens if I say no? So, so you say, Mitch, did you sell 91 widgets this week? I say, no, I didn't. Your answer is, well, then why not? And I tell you why not, which is my bullshit excuse. And then, <laughs> and then the next thing you say is, well, do you commit to doing that for next week? And I say, yes, I do. And so now we record that as a goal for next week. So you're holding me to my goals. That is the key. Now, you could say, oh, yeah, I didn't sell anything either. <laughs> Want to get a beer? I mean, that's not going to do you any good. You need to push each other to do what you promised you would. And when you say, yes, you've done it, celebrate that. I mean, really be grateful that the other person held to their word and let them know that you're thrilled that they did. This is the psychological background of why accountability partnerships work, but accountability apps don't. Now, I signed up for a Facebook app to keep me accountable. I clicked the delete button every time I got one of those messages because I had no relationship with, with a bot Mm -hmm. But I do have a relationship with my accountability partner. 
what I've just described mm-hmm. is the value of the relationship you have with that other person. It's the relationship that keeps you accountable. And, you know, before I built this system, I tried to use a bot. In fact, my first thought was maybe a bot would work. But you don't let a bot keep you accountable. You have no relationship with a bot or a piece of software. You have a relationship with another person. And that, to me, is why the psychological power behind this partnership is the relationship that you have. Now, the relationship alone won't get you there. The software alone won't get you there. It's the combination of the tracking system, the scheduling system, the reward system, and the accountability questions. That's what keeps you making progress. And if I would venture to say that, uh, I mean, it would be crazy for me to claim 100% results, but I would, I will easily claim that if you run a course or a program or a mastermind and you have the typical completion rates of 8 to 12%, if you literally ran this side by side with your existing program, the results would go up 2x to 3x guaranteed. Yeah. I, I, and you know what's funny? It's not funny, but, you know, our friend Carrie Rose is going to be a future, future guest if she ever agrees. Um, you know, she's done that study and went through, you know, in her book and talked about how the, those course completion rates are so low across the board, but also how much that ties in to someone buying more of your courses, doing yes. more things from you. And yes. and this is the number one reason that people stay on is that that sense of community and the sense of moving forward um, is accountability. I've seen it right. time and time again. And, the, you know, that's why I think this is so valuable to an individual and valuable to anyone that's building a community. Um, well, as you probably know, this is not a new concept. I mean, this is this is age old. Accountability has been goes back hundreds of years, if not if not older. Even some of the greats of our time, like Zig Ziglar. I mean, Zig Ziglar's, and of course, I I hope you know who Zig Ziglar is. If you don't, oh, yes. I'll do a search. He's an amazing motivational speaker and leader. And a quote from Zig says, "Everyone needs a method, technique, or system for accountability." And it says he continues to say, "Commit yourself." to detailed accountability, record your progress towards your goals, and share it with another. Even Tony Robbins says, what areas of your life need more accountability? So everybody who is anybody, who is a leader, who is a a thought leader, a motivational speaker, a, a person who helps others says, like John Assaraf says, making commitments to yourself and someone else greatly increases the chances that you'll follow through and fulfill them. So it's really no secret that having an accountability partner can greatly influence the direction of your life and your business. And that's why I decided that I could do this and I could help people and I could help my friends get more people through their courses and programs. Yeah. And, and it's beyond the, the money part of it. You know, if, if you're really, care about the people that you're serving, this is going to help them achieve more, right? I mean, I, that's right. I think that's the most frustrating part for most consultants, for most co- coaches that really care beyond just that sale. I, I hear it time again that pe- I tell people what to do. They just don't do it. They don't right. take the action. And, and so it, it, it'll bring down a lot of frustration. And it's funny because I've, you know, I, I, I and once again, I say it's funny, but it's, it, it's not haha funny um that i've i know a lot of people with great courses with big communities and they keep it keeps being a problem and then they even talk about accountability and try to create accountability partnerships and i've seen those fails time and time again because they don't have the structure that you're talking about of course of course and and once again i i think the important point to make here is that this is all about you but i have something to admit to you that there's actually another reason why I decided to build this company and take this in the direction that I have. And I want to share that with you. Um, remember I told you when I was in a band and we were getting high and all that back mm-hmm. in my youth? Yep. Well, I, I ended up getting in trouble with drugs. So I was a troubled teen, if you will. And, um, and 
I took drugs a little bit too far. I ended up getting addicted to heroin at the age of 16. Wow. And yeah, it wasn't a great time in my life. And there was a particular moment when I almost lost my life. I was in, within 10 or 15 seconds of dying. Um, I'll tell you that story quickly because I think you'll you relate to it later as as I bring you through the process. But so I was it was a, it was a Thursday afternoon. I wanted to get high. I went to the bathroom in high school. I found a guy who's I know to be a dealer. I bought a bag of dope and I put it in my wallet. But I wanted to save it for after band practice. So I, I, I put it in my wallet and I tried to forget about it, but I couldn't. In fact, it was all I thought about, that one bag of dope sitting in my wallet. And I walked around all day Friday thinking about it. I got up Saturday morning thinking about it. I went into band practice thinking about it, thinking, let me get all these guys out of here so I could just do the dope. Well, band practice ended. And I was so glad everyone left. I pulled out my little kit, if you will, and I, uh, my kit was a bent spoon, a pack of matches, some cotton, and a syringe. And I tapped the dope into the uh, into the spoon, and I put some water in using the syringe. And I lit the match underneath the spoon until it bubbled. And I put the cotton down, and then I sucked it through the cotton into my syringe. And I popped my sleeve up and. Uh, and tied my arm off so I was getting a good vein and I was about to plunge it into my arm when the phone rang. And I pick up the phone, I put my needle down, I picked up the phone and I'm going click, 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 hello, hello. And I'm, all I'm hearing is clicks. And I keep saying, hello, hello. And it's like, it wasn't a deadline, it was clicking. So I kept saying, hello, hello. Until finally I realized there was nobody on the line and I hung up. So I picked up that needle, and just as I was about to put it into my arm, I gave it a slight tap to get the last air bubbles out, and I realized that it was gelled solid. So what I had bought was counterfeit, and it was probably something like rat poison. And I was about to inject that hot liquid into my arm when that phone rang. And when that phone rang and when I realized that that phone call was God calling me, stopping me from taking my own life. I broke down and started to cry. And that's when I decided that I was not going to be a junkie, that I was not the one that was going to die of an overdose. And I would have to change my life because this was not my destiny. That much I knew. Wow. And it was a moment in time when there was that realization. Later, I did end up... Um, because of, you know, for the fact that my parents found out, um, they decided they wanted me in rehab to be sure. Even though I said I wouldn't do it again, they wanted to be sure. And I understood that. And I did go into rehab. But, you know, reflecting on all of this and the life I led and the, the beauty of the moment where I got that phone call that stopped me from killing myself, I had to ask myself, what would happen if there was an adult mentor in my life and I would have had a phone call scheduled with that adult mentor the same day I would have done that or the same week that I was about to, would I have stopped putting a needle in my arm then? And when I had that thought, I created the 10-minute mentor program for all of my members. So if you go to resultsbreakthrough.com and you sign up for a profile and you become a member, there's a little box that says, I want to be a 10-minute mentor. And if you check that box, we'll eventually connect you through a charitable organization to an inner city high school kid who has big business dreams of their own and would just love an adult to have a conversation once a month, bounce off some ideas, get some inspiration, and maybe save them from putting a needle in their arm. That's why I feel so passionately about what I'm doing today with ResultsBreakthrough.com because, yeah, it's going to make some money. I mean, honestly... That's great, and I, I certainly would love to make some more money. Um, I have plenty, but it's always nice to have more. But at the <laughs> same time, the real goal for me is maybe my way of changing the world is creating – imagine if I could create 1,000, 5,000, maybe even 10,000 10-minute mentors who every week, every month, every day are talking to high school kids throughout the country – 
who just need a little bit of help. Man, that would be so satisfying. And that's the driving factor of why I do what I do. I love it. And, and that's, and I think that's, I personally think that's a great mission, not just from your story, but I feel like entrepreneurship can change communities. That's and, right. and uh, you know, and I think it's one of those things that you know, and I know because we're entrepreneurs that it empowers you in so many other ways in your life. Um, even though it's sometimes can be roller coaster and that's where you need that accountability to get through the roller coaster. Yep. Um, but that's, that's a great mission. Uh, thank, and thanks for sharing that story, Mitch. That was, it's a powerful story. Yeah, um, I was just happy I didn't start crying in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> I almost did too. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad we didn't do video. Um, well, Mitch, I mean, this is great. How are you, you know, what are you doing now to grow resultsbreakthrough.com? What is your key to marketing? Because you've, you've been around some great, amazing marketers. What are your tips for growing this software now? Yeah, this, again, thank you for asking that question because it, it, I really want to serve with this podcast. I want to serve your listeners. And, and let me tell you what I believe needs to happen with any new business. The first thing is, is that you got to take the old college try. You got to, you got to try your best at doing customer acquisition, whatever way you think is the right way. And so for me, when I came up with this idea, I came up with the end user in mind first. Well, it turns out that while end users will benefit from this, it's really not the best way to sell it. As I've discovered, the best way to sell it is to go to the people who create the training programs, the courses, and the masterminds themselves, to go to the heads of the corporate training department inside of corporations. That is the best way. But I didn't know that when I first started. I had to start selling it one way or the other and fail first before I realized that my selling approach needed to be fixed. So my advice is that whatever selling approach that you choose – be ready to flip it out and change it because it potentially may not be the selling process that works for you, your business, and your company. And again, that's what I discovered, and that's why I'm now completely focused and have refocused on working directly with training managers, course and program owners, and mastermind owners because they see the value of this. They're the ones that want their students and their clients in this sort of a program like you said, so they can finish and become uh, and and be a customer later when they want to upload, upsell them to their mastermind or whatever it is that they want to do. Because honestly, if you don't finish the course, you're not going to want to buy anything else from that same person because you never got the results that you originally paid for. And they know that. That's what I learned the hard way by going through this process. It, it, and it's true, right? It's like, oh, I bought that course. I didn't finish it. And, you know, one other side benefit to accountability, if, if someone owns that account, not just the accountability software, but it's going to help, other, you know, two people say, hey, I have this problem and I have this problem, too. And they're more likely to raise their hands and say, this is something that you can improve in your product in the process. Whereas if a lot of times if someone's all by themselves, I know that they just get quiet and say, oh, it's my problem and won't talk about it. Right. So true. You, that is absolutely accurate. In fact, it's so accurate that most people think it's their fault that they don't complete these programs. Mm -hmm. And it's not. Nope. No. And and what's funny is, you know, a lot of course creators think that it's their fault, too. Not the course creator's fault, but <laughs> their student's fault, that their students might be lazy or, you know, I've got all the information here. Why aren't they doing it? Yep. And, and there's something wrong with it. You know, like I said, we're going to have Carrie Rose on and she's going to go through some course completion stuff. But I think and, and some of the amazing techniques that she's learned and at such a high level. But to your point, though, it all starts with the accountability, no matter what you're doing. And that's why CrossFit's so successful, isn't it? Everyone I talk to at CrossFit, it's not only it's a great workout. Yes. But everyone says it's that sense of community and yep. and knowing that if I don't show up, uh, they're going to say, why didn't you show up? That's right. That's being accountable. And, yeah. and once again, you know, the accountability software that I have built will work for diets, will work for exercise. 
will work for anything a human being endeavors to do and wants to do well. They'll be able to use a system like this for the purpose of being accountable. And CrossFit, you know, I, I basically initially came up with the idea for a tagline, um, Fitbit for the mind. I mean, it, it's basically keeping track of what you do every day to see how you are improving and where you are improving. And that's what Results Breakthrough Software does. That's great. And you're offering a free um, trial to guests, correct? Yeah, to your listeners. This isn't available to the public. So listeners, this is exactly what you have to do. Um, and Ian will put this in the notes, in the show notes. You go to resultsbreakthrough.com and you'll see the sales page. Uh, there's a nice little cartoon video there, but bypass all that and click on the red button. You'll see the first, there's several red buttons. The first one is fine. Just click on the red button and that button says create your profile for free. So when you create that button, it's going to take you to another page. Scroll down that page until you see a get started now section and a choice to pay monthly, annually, or sign up for free. So what I want you to do is go to sign up for free and put in your first name and your email address. And where it says group code, put in the word WINNER, all caps, W-I-N-N-E-R. And you will be given a 30-day free pass, full access to the, to the, the results breakthrough network. And by all means, make good use of your 30 days. Get your profile filled out, find a partner, get started, see if there's one of the courses we already have there that you would like to complete. If not, add your own questions, build your own accountability questions just for you. Have fun, go do it, make it happen. So I'm going to put the link in the show notes, but to reward everyone that's listened all the way through, I'm going to make sure I'm not going to put the code in there. So you got to go back and get the code because I want to make sure everyone listens to this whole episode because it's it's so powerful. It's a powerful technique. And, and, and this comes back to something I've been talking a lot about now with people. We've got so many distractions. We've got so many distractions in this world. And, and But in the marketing and business area, it's even worse because it's like, which channel do I do? Do I do Facebook ads? Oh, my gosh, Facebook ads are changing. You know, and, and right now everyone's like, oh, my God, Facebook ads are changing. Is, is there, you know, I've had clients calling me, is, is it the end of Facebook? I'm like, no, it's not. But people forget about the fundamentals. And the fundamentals of business and fundamentals of marketing never change. And I think having an accountability partner, having surround yourself, accountability partner and masterminds are one of the absolute fundamentals. That if you look back at Benjamin Franklin, wrote that in his biography, you know, <laughs> so it must work then. Huh? Yeah, it must work. Right. And yeah. and he did pretty well, um, you know, and 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 same thing. This is one of the fundamentals that won't change. And. Uh, you know, to to have access to this for free, um, it's it's an amazing way to get you started doing anything. What's that one thing you want to do that you keep putting off? This is the way to do it. So, Mitch, thank you so much for uh, doing that and for sharing your stories. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. And, uh, you know, Mitch, thank you so much for being on the show. This has been wonderful. I know, you know, we're, you've got to go. You've got a busy schedule. You're a busy man. You've got a lot going on. But one other thing we didn't talk about was your podcast. Sure. The, tell, tell us about your podcast. Sure. So, you know, I, I'm glad and thank you for asking about it. So I started this podcast about a year ago, and I did it for for a reason. It's kind of an important reason. Um, I, I decided I was going to be very deliberate about building a podcast. So while I love entrepreneurs and I love helping entrepreneurs, podcasting is expensive, as you know. And so if I'm going to build a podcast, I need it to have a purpose and it needs to be multidimensional in purpose. So I decided that I wanted to have a podcast that was going to serve entrepreneurs first to make sure that I brought other successful entrepreneurs to my show so that they could educate and teach those listeners what it really means to succeed. What does it really mean? What does it take to succeed by somebody who's done it? Now, I could tell you my story, but I'm only one story. The amount of people that have had these types of successes, 
um, is a small percentage of the whole U.S. population. So the more of them I could bring to you, my listeners, and have you hear exactly what it is that made these folks successful, I think the more successful you can become. Mm -hmm. So my goal was to create a show that did two things. Number one, it allowed me to interview super influential people, which helps me in my business. And number two, it allows me to share what I hear with all of you listeners so that you too can build a bigger and smarter and better company so that later you can be a guest on my show as well once you get to have your own first thousand clients and uh and if we go to mitchrusso.com we can get on there right and and get and download it is that the best place to go exactly absolutely all right and that once again will be in the show notes we'll have both these links in the show notes access to the accountability software i mean folks you know this is mitch isn't a, a startup entrepreneur that just happened to get lucky he's built several large businesses including an eight-figure business and sold it overcome a lot of obstacles worked with chet holmes and tony robbins i mean this is solid solid advice that you know has been honed at over years so do yourself a favor i mean you know i we have tons of things that you can do on the garlic marketing show but the one thing you can do that makes you do all the rest of the stuff is getting that accountability partner so do it and if you're running a course add this on it would probably increase your sales i i'm sure we're going to see increase in sales mitch and you know you'll you'll have some numbers on that next time you come back on the show but also you know increase your customers happiness and the results um and you'll have more of those stories that you can share mitch thank you so much for being on the show it's been fantastic it was great talking to you as always my pleasure and thank you again for inviting me yeah and thanks to you all for listening and taking Mitch and I on your journey. This has been Ian Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook. <laughs>